pray. Lift one hands together. Let's say this together. Our Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus, we believe and receive revelation that is found in your Son. There is no confusion. There is no error in this atmosphere. Everyone can behold you as we see ourselves in you. Your name alone is glorified as we are edified. Amen! Alright. Habakkuk 2, verse 14. Habakkuk 2, verse 14. Who is there already? <laughs> Alright. The glory meeting. We are continuing this section this morning. Habakkuk 2, verse 14. It says, For the head shall be filled with the knowledge of his word from east to west not to sigh as the waters covers the sea. Hallelujah. Alright, so it says, For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, as the waters covers the sea. And we said yesterday that that is God's plan for the earth, right? Right? That the glory of the Lord with tabernacle in the earth and the whole earth will be God's temple. The whole, earth, the whole earth is supposed to be God's temple. The whole earth is supposed to be God's dwelling place. God's habitation. God's um, dwelling place. So the whole earth is supposed to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. And that is God's plan. That is God's plan. And I said that... How is that plan going to happen? God is going to partner with man to preach the gospel. God is going to partner with man to fulfill that plan. God is going to partner with man for the earth to be filled with the glory of God. And we said in Genesis 1 verse 28, says, The Lord blessed them. And we said that word blessed is the Hebrew word barak. B-A-R-A-K. It means to congratulate, to welcome. And we said, so the Lord blessed them. It says they should subdue. We said subdue is the Hebrew word kabash. K-A-B-A-S-H. Kabash. And it means to trample on their feet. So what does it mean to be subdued? So we said that we will subdue the head by God's plan. And subduing means that God is going to deal with the work of sin in and by the promised Messiah. That is, God's new man, the man in the image of God, God's new creation will trample upon the head of the serpent. I would say it says replenish. The word replenish means to fill. And it says multiply. Multiply means to increase. So that means multiplication in the seed. So there will be multiplication in the seed of God. God wants us to multiply. God wants us to subdue. God wants us to replenish the earth. God wants us to, to God wants the whole earth to be filled with his glory. That is God's plan. And we said yesterday that God has a plan, right? And his plan is that the whole earth will be filled with his glory. So, and the whole earth will be filled with his glory will mean 
that you were born to fulfill that plan. Remember? We said that yesterday, right? That you were born to fulfill God's plan. So why are you on earth today? Why are you saved today? You were saved to fulfill that plan. Does that make sense? Does it make sense? So we have, we're saved or we're born to fulfill that plan that he has. And what is that plan? That the earth will be filled, what? With the glory of the Lord. And we now said that the gospel is about his king, the king, the kingdom, and the exploits of the kingdom, right? Right? So it's about the king. So, and we said we are announcing the message of the king. We are declaring his presence, right? And we said that is the way the glory of the Lord will fill the earth. Right? All right? All right? All right. And we said the glory of the Lord filling the earth is the multiplicity of the seed of God in the earth. So that is for the gospel to reach the whole earth, you and I must be involved. You and I must be concerned. You and I must pattern ourselves to fulfill that mandate of God on earth. You and I must, must, must take it as our responsibility. We must take it as our own plan. And we said that God was with them, right? We said we, we saw the pillar of cloud, right? The pillar of fire. He led them through the pillar of fire, pillar of cloud, right? Guys? So we said that God is always with the man who is preaching the gospel, right? So that means in Matthew 28, verse 20, when it says, And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world, it simply means that God is with everybody. Does that make sense? So God is with you. Say, God is with me. You're not saying it like you mean it. You're not saying it like you mean it. God is with you. So we can have supernatural encounters. Prepare for tonight's session. We're going to have a strong believers meeting. We trust God for that this, this night. Hallelujah. So we, so we can have supernatural encounters. We can have strange atmospheres. We can have God's glory filling up the entire space. Right? Because God is with us. Are you getting me? So the man who has decided to partner with God, God is going to walk with him. God is walking with him and God is walking with you and I. So we said that the way God will pattern himself or pattern this walk or do this walk is through preaching, evangelism, right? We said that yesterday, right? That is true evangelism. So, and I told you that evangelism is not subject to man's invention. Evangelism is not subject to man's innovation. The preaching of the gospel is a deliberate message. It is the method of communication. It's a deliberate message. The preaching of the gospel is deliberate. How that Christ died. How that he was buried. How that he rose again from the dead. So the preaching of the gospel is deliberate. It's deliberate. The preaching of the gospel is deliberate. It's a message and it has its method of communication. It has its method of communication. And so preaching is the same. So you and I have a responsibility to preach. So that one-on-one -on -one meeting you have with people where you teach somebody, God is working with you. And we ended last night's session, we said that men are having encounters with God through you. Right? 
We said that yesterday, right? So that is the encounters that God wants men to have with people is through you. God wants to have encounters. I would say God wants to have encounters with men. He wants to have interruptions in people's life. A lot of you now, the truth of the matter is, many of you don't wish to be here, but you are here. Right? Is there some of you don't wish to be here? Some of you don't. I know some of you. Actually, the fact that it's a teaching session, you're like, ah, it should just be Holy Ghost meeting. Let's just be flowing and be rejoicing, Joe. Let's just be shouting glory, glory, glory every time. Now it's better than as you sit down and just be hearing what? No, uh, uh, you're a believer now. You are born of the word. Say, I'm born of the word. Uh, uh, if you are born of the word, you are going to eat the word. Jesus said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. So we are living, so we live by the word of God. Are you getting me? So don't be, don't get, don't get scared and say, ah, teach yourself, oh, ah, oh, hey, oh. <laughs> yeah, you believe us. Yeah, I'm a believer. All right, cool. So we must not subject, and we said in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18. Glory of God. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. It says, For the preaching of the, of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but to us we shall saved. It is the power of God. Hallelujah. So to those who are not saved, the preaching of the cross is to them foolishness. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. How does it? Does it uh, uh, to an intelligent mind, you just tell the person, ah, Jesus died. Jesus was buried. Jesus rose from the dead. It doesn't make sense. But to the man who has believed the gospel, is the power of God. Say, so it's the power of God. It's the power of God. That's the power of God. That's the power of God working with us. So the message or the messenger is meant to carry out a specific tax. So we must not thwart the message. We must not change the mode of the message. I told you yesterday, I said, we must not subject the message to, we must not subject the message to uh, comedy, drama, all of those things. No, we must stay with God's method. Are you getting what I'm saying? Jesus preached, the disciples preached, we must stay with it. Are you getting me? So now, how are you concerned? We said God wants to partner with man. So how are you concerned? How many of you are already seeing God's plan for your life in this meeting? How many of you are seeing it? Let me see your hands if you are seeing it. That's, that's, that's it. So God is showing you why you were born. So never you say, I don't know what to do. We said that yesterday. Never you say, I don't know how to live life. Never you say, I'm confused. This is God's plan for your life. That's why it's as though life is meaningless to a man who hasn't believed the gospel. They just keep living from one hand to another. You know, I was telling these guys um, in one of our meetings, I said, Big Gates got so rich to the point that he wants to donate all his wealth to charity. He's already planning to do that. Maybe he has done it. He wants to donate all his wealth to charity. That's to let you know there is no joy and satisfaction in money. There's no, because he's wondering, so what, what else does he want? He has been the richest man for, for God knows how long. 
Are you getting me? So now if you say, oh, all you want in this life is to have money, to have money, to have money, you're going to have the money. <laughs> but there's no satisfaction there. The true satisfaction is in Christ. It's in fulfilling why you were born. And this is exactly why you were born. So now the question will now be, does God want everybody to be a preacher? Yes. 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 He wants everybody to be. Hallelujah. That's God's plan. He says, when he was telling Moses, he said, if God will have it, he says that all his people be prophets. Ah, yeah. He says he wants all his people to be prophets. I want to look for that scripture for you. I think, I think that's in Numbers. Let me look for that scripture for you. Oh, shoot. Let's go to the God we have it. We want all these people to be prophets. Men of God, help me. Yeah? Hmm. That's a mish. Numbers. Ah, I'm going to get it before the end of this meeting. I'm sure about that. Maybe it's not numbers. Maybe. But I'll get it for you. Don't worry. I'll get it for you before the end of this. So God wants all these people to be a prophet. So how are we concerned? How am I concerned? How is this my business? So you wonder, how is this my business? It's God's plan. I let him do his plan. Why does he have to create me to do the plan? <laughs> oh, why do they have to interrupt my life with this? I have to live my life, Joe. How are you concerned? Now, when you believe, eh? you got it? Numbers 11 verse what? Numbers 11 29. That's good. That's good. All right. Let's go to Numbers 11 verse 29. That's a good one. Thank you, Favor, that you, you have your accolade for this meeting. Numbers 11 verse 29. Come and shake me. Come and shake me. Oh, come and shake me. Come and shake me. Come and shake me now. Are you scared? I want to shake you. I want to congratulate you. Are you, are you feeling shy? Hey, hey, hey. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, hey. Are you scared that something will happen? Oh, you Googled it. Ah, come on, return my shake. Come on, come on, collect my shake. <laughs> <laughs> you googled it. I will catch you. I, I just knew that Favor is a crook. How many of you used to hear? How many of you used to hear Favor's name in messages? Is it that she did one batty or something, and she has still she is still living up to the name even in 2022? Hmm. Ah. All right. And Moses said unto them, Numbers 11:29. Abby, is that what your Google said? All right, my was it? He says, I must have said unto him, Envious thou for my sake, will God that all the lost people were prophets? Hiya. That's God's plan. He says, Will God that all his people be prophets, and that the Lord will put his spirit upon them? 
God wants all his people to be his prophet. What does prophet mean in the Old Testament? It's the Hebrew word Naba. It means God's spokesperson. God wants all men to speak on his behalf. That's the meaning of prophet, God's spokesperson. Naba in the Hebrew. It means he wants all men to speak on his behalf. So, following the understanding, so are we concerned? Is this my business? What's my business with this? Okay, me, I want to live my life. Oh, I don't want anybody to trouble me. Okay, ah, ah. how is this my business? Romans 10, verse 8. Romans 10, verse 8. It says, What saith thee? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. And now says, That is the word of faith which we preach. And now says, And if thou shalt confess with thy mouth that the Lord Jesus and that believe in thy heart that God has risen from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And now says, For with the heart man believeth to the right. Man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So it also means that you, you have, as a result of this, received eternal life. I told you yesterday that in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. We have everlasting life. You and I have everlasting life. John 1, verse 4. John 1, verse 4. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. In John 4, verse 14, John 4, verse 14, it says, But whosoever drink, whosoever drink of this water that I give him shall never thirst. And that says, And the water, and that says, And the water which I give thee is infernal. So, how are we concerned? How are we concerned? John 6, verse, John 6, verse, 64, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you that believeth on me, have everlasting life. John 10, 10, the thief cometh to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. John 10, verse 28, and I give unto them eternal life. He now says, and they shall never perish. Say, I can never perish. It's not possible. It's, you can't. You are born again. Mm. It is no, you can't, you can't experience what hell means. You can only preach it as a story. <laughs> but you cannot, <laughs> you, you are saved from it. Hallelujah. It is those that do not believe you that will go and experience what you are telling them. <laughs> are you getting me? <laughs> but you, you, you are only preaching it, but you can never experience it. Because you are saved. Hallelujah. So you can, only, you can only know the epignosis. Epignosis means the revelation, the understanding. You can only know everything about air, but you can never go there. He says, you can... Do you know what it means? Jesus said, they can never perish. Look at that John 10 verse 28 again. Look at it. It says, I give unto you... What did he say he gives unto us? So what has Jesus given us? He has given us eternal life. And that says, and they shall never what? He now says, and they shall never do what? He says, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hands. Hiya. I'm saving his hands. Nobody can take him out of his hands. You are internally saved. Are you getting what I'm saying? So having received internal life, you are being born again from the mother origin, but from one that is in mother. So you have a living and a lasting word of God with you. First Peter 1 verse 23. It says you have been regenerated. Not from the mother origin. 
He says, but for one who is a mother and the ever-living and lasting word of God. So this is what qualifies you to be. So why? So what qualifies you to be that person? Because you have been saved. You have eternal life. Are you getting me? You, have not, you can't perish again. So you are trying to help men discover their purpose for living. Are you getting me? We can safely call salvation discovering purpose for living. Because once salvation comes and they are well thought, you discover your purpose for living. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. And it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, is a new creature, all things are passed away. In now says, behold, all things have become new. In verse 18, it says, and all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself. In verse 19, it says, to we that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, and he has committed unto us the ministry of reconciliation. He has given to us the ministry. So, you and I have a ministry. Say, I have a ministry. You have a ministry. He has given unto every believer the ministry of reconciliation. The unbeliever cannot preach the gospel. They can't. They don't have, it is who has life that can give birth to life. A dead man cannot produce life, right? Right? A dead man cannot produce life. So when you are preaching the gospel, you are giving birth to people. That is you replenishing, remember? That is you filling the earth. That's you multiplying yourself. So the unbeliever the one who has not believed the gospel does not have the ministry of reconciliation committed to him so the gospel has been committed to only the saved the gospel has been committed to just the saved men the gospel is because the blind cannot lead the blind neither can the lost show another the way just imagine you are you just got to this let's see for some of you just came to rochester now for the first time and you are trying to figure out your way, you find to figure out your way, and you not jam somebody that don't even know the way. And I say, let's go there. Without GPS though, let's go there, let's go there. You know people are going to miss it. The lost cannot lead the lost. The blind cannot lead the blind. The unbeliever cannot lead the unbeliever. <laughs> they are all perishing together. <laughs> are you getting me? So, as a result of this, the unbeliever, the unbelieving one, does not know who to call on. He does not know who to believe, what to believe. He has not heard what to believe. So why are your friends not saved? Why are many around you not saved? They don't know who to believe. They don't know who to call on. So this is because nobody has preached to them. In Romans 10, verse 13, Let's see Romans 10, verse 13. Hallelujah. Are we there? It says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, it now says, And they shall be, and whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Let's read verse 14. Ah, oh, no. Ah, do we want to start today? One, two, ready, go. So how shall they hear without a preacher? We said that God's plan in Numbers 11 verse 29, a favor of good, good, 
<laughs> is that God wants all his people to be prophets, right? So how will they hear without you being, and what did I say prophet means? God spokesperson, right? That you are speaking on behalf of God, right? So can we say you are in that kingdom, right? You are speaking on behalf of the kingdom, advertising the kingdom, right? Right? All right. So now, so he says, how shall they hear without a preacher? And who is the preacher? Who is the preacher? No, you're not saying it. Some of you are not saying it. Some of you are saying it. I don't want to. Who is the preacher? You are the preacher. Say, I'm a preacher. Exactly. You are a preacher. So, and how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet. Hiya. Say, I have a beautiful feet. I'm going to teach on this someday. Beautiful feet. Glory to God. It says, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Because you know God is with us, right? So can we say the beautiful feet are men who the cloud, the glory, the fire are walking with, right? Encounters of the Spirit and lo are with you always even to the end of the world, right? Right? right. Matthew 28 verse 19, it says, Go ye and preach and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So the unreached will remain that way until somebody reach out to them. The unreached will remain that way until somebody reach out to them. So the reason your friends, your family, your, 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 your neighbors are not saved is because there is no one to reach out to them. The world will continue in darkness and death until the light of the gospel of Christ shines on them. Do we always carry on without God, without hope, until the word of truth is preached? Do we always carry on that way? So, that is why. In Ephesians 2 verse 12, let's go to Ephesians 2 verse 12. Ephesians 2 verse 12. Let's go to Ephesians 2 verse 12. You're not writing. What's going on? Are you tired? Huh? Are you okay? You sure? Please take notes. Ephesians 2 verse 12. It says, and at that time, Ephesians 2 verse 12. Ephesians 2 verse 12. It says, and at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers of the covenant of promise, having no hope, are without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye are sometimes, you who were sometimes, were afar off, were made nigh by the blood of Christ. So you that were sometimes afar off, you are now made nigh by the blood. You are made nigh by the blood. Made nigh means you are drawn together by the blood. In Colossians 1 verse 13. Go to Colossians 1 verse 13 very quickly. Colossians 1 verse 13. Colossians 1 verse 13. Who had delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us from where? Into the kingdom of his dear son. So God has delivered us 
from the power of darkness, translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So you have become alive with God. See, I'm alive with God. You are alive with God. Ephesians 2 verse 1, and you are to quicken, you who were dead in trespasses and sins. Ephesians 2 verse 14, he is our peace. Hallelujah. He is our peace. So now you are in tune and you are in perfect harmony with God. So God can communicate his thoughts to your heart, unrestrained. See, I receive God's thoughts. I receive God's leading. So God can supernaturally tell you things. You can supernaturally know certain things about certain situations because you have the spirit of God. So God can communicate with you unrestrained. God is not struggling to talk to you. It is true, it is to the unbeliever he's struggling to talk to them. That's why you see that a lot of unbelievers have so many dreams. They are just dreaming. They are just trying to, every little thing they dreamt. It's because God is struggling to talk to them. So the best way is just coming is to come to them in their dream. Some people will tell you, have you met some people that say, ah, I don't joke with my dream. Once I dream like this, <laughs> my dream always come to pass. If, if I just dream it, <laughs> you know some people say, if I just dream it like this, that's all. It's because God is struggling to talk to you. Some of you, if you are still all those kind of person that is still having dreams, 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 dreams. He says, your old men will dream dreams. Are you old yet? Uh, he says, young men will see visions. How about, how about God communicating with you in your day? You are just driving and you are just seeing. Something is just showing to, shown to you. Hallelujah. He says, your young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. So let's leave dreams for people that are about to go. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? But you, we can receive visions. Say, God is not struggling to talk to me. God is not struggling. To the believer in Christ, He's not struggling to talk to you. He is not struggling to talk to you at all. Because you are His workmanship. You have the Spirit of God. You have been delivered from the kingdom of darkness. You have been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. So in this kingdom, God talks to us freely. He is in tune with your spirit. He is not struggling to talk to you. He is not trying to show you something that will confuse you in your dream. God is not like that. He's not an author of confusion. So once you have a dream and you do not understand, sleep back. You say, ah, what does he mean? What does he mean? Sleep. Just continue sleeping. It does not mean anything. Are you hearing me? Because God is not confused. So he's not ready, he's not trying to confuse you too. It is those that does not believe that he's trying to, that have confused. It's unbelievers that are feeling confused. They will just tell you, if I dream like this. I many have met people like that? Ah, uh, you should. You should have met people like that. They'll tell you, if I, if I just dream it. If I just mistakenly dream it. <laughs> so for his our peace who had made both one and had broken down the middle wall of partition between us. So, his thoughts comes to your heart unrestrained. So, the person who is united with God or united with the Lord becomes one spirit with him. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17. Look, let's go to 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17. Who is there? 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17. Who is there? Who? If I slap you. <laughs> You're there. Okay, he did got this. All right. So, but he that is joined to the Lord is what? 
one spirit with one is one spirit. So you are one spirit with God. So you can be sure that the foremost thought of God, the foremost thought in God's mind is the thought of the unreached. So if your heart is not burning when you see certain things, it's probably because you don't understand. It's your heart, if your heart is not burning, when you see a lot of evil going on in the society, you can't weep. You are not, you are not, you are, you are not bothered. You are not concerned. It shows that something is wrong with you. Because God's thought is to reach the world. God's plan is that his glory will fill the earth. So you have to, you have to envelop yourself with God's mind. Are you getting what I'm saying? You have to envelop yourself with God's thoughts. God, God talks to us unrestrained. God's, God talks to us unrestrained. He talks to us unrestrained. His thought flows through our thoughts. Because we are already one spirit with him. Listen. If you don't have... Listen to me. Listen to something. If there is nothing like my spirit and God's spirit. No. For the believer in, for the believer in Christ... That your spirit and God's spirit have mixed together is now one. So there is nothing like, ah, in my spirit now, but God's spirit is also in me. No, that your spirit and God's spirit, everything is already one. So it's as though there is a ceaseless flow of God's thoughts, a ceaseless flow of God's mind in you. So that's why you can just be walking in your, through your day, you just be hearing voices in your heart and say, how about you should just pray in the evening? That's God talking to you. How about you should just fast? How about you should just study this? How many of you, some things just come through your heart. You just say, go and listen to that message. How many of you just heard those things? Just go and listen to that thing. Go and li That's because God is talking to you. You have a ceaseless flow of his thoughts with you. A ceaseless flow of his thoughts with you. A ceaseless flow of his thoughts with you. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, and we said, God's plan in Habakkuk 2 verse 14 is that the whole earth will be filled with his glory. The whole earth will be filled with his glory. So, and if the whole earth will be filled with his glory, that's God's plan, right? So, that's on God's thought, right? That should flow with us ceaselessly. So, that's why when you see certain vices, it should bother you. But you know what you do? You kill it. It's not as if it doesn't bother you. But you just kill it. <laughs> What's my own? <laughs> Let them be doing whatever they like, Joe. No! You are a believer. In this kingdom, you should be bothered. Because you know you are the one to do it. Are you seeing it? It is man who will solve the issue. I told you yesterday, I said it is man who God will use to solve the issue. So God is going to use us to solve the issue. So we have God's ceaseless thoughts in our hearts. So that shows you can never be wrong. Say I can never be wrong. I can never be confused. I can't. I don't know about you, but me I cannot. I'm never confused. I know what to do. Nothing catch me unaware. I'm prepared by God's spirit. I always triumph by God's power. I always triumph by God's power. I am victorious all the time. Glory to God. So, you see in John 3, 16, one more time, since he gave us his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. So God dearly loves and dearly prized the unsaved. So he loves the unsaved. He loves the unsaved. That's why sometimes, I don't know about you, there was one time I was preaching to a guy and I was almost crying. 
I was preaching and all. Please. I was almost crying. Because I believe that's God's thought expressing itself through me. I was preaching to the guy and I was crying. I was almost crying. You know, those things should happen to you. Because God lost, God wants to change them. See, guys, I don't know about you. I don't want your money. You didn't pay to come for this conference. Are you getting what I'm saying? I don't want your money. I don't want anything. The only thing is that you follow God's plan. Are you getting me, guys? I don't. That you follow God's plan. You follow God's plan for your life. So, he gave us a spirit. And he loves the unsaved. So, you, you are criticizing the unsaved. You see all those tattoo-headed people, they've tattooed their head, they've tattooed their eyes, they've tattooed their nose, they've tattooed their nose. Ah, forbid. <laughs> In your mind, the first thing is, ah, forbid. I rebook you. God wants to save those people. And I, I've told you guys something before. I said in years to come, those people will be our church members. Those people will, it's not just church members. They will be quite, they will be singing here. They will be tattooed. It's just because nothing can change it. We have to accept them the way. And they will be leading us in powerful worship. It's going to happen. You will remember I said this in years to come. It's going to happen. I've seen it. You will see porn stars believe the gospel. They will be choirs. They will be standing as ushers in this church. You will see. You might not be there, but they will be there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They will be. Because God wants the old head field. God wants the old head field. He wants, that's, that, he wants the old head field. So, you see it. So, in his redemptive plan, and purpose. He called us out and is going to be done. God shows and clearly proves his love for us. In Romans 5 verse 8, it says, and God shows and clearly proves his love for us while we are yet sinners. Hiya. Christ died for us. While we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. So God takes no pleasure in the death of the sinner. God takes no pleasure in the death of a sinner. And therefore, so God is not happy when a sinner dies. Because that, the reason why he created them, they didn't do it. God takes no pleasure in the death of a sinner. And therefore, constantly searches for hearts that burn ceaselessly and with a passion for the lost. God is looking for men who are burning ceaselessly. For the passion for the lost is going to interrupt your schedule. It's going to interrupt your life just so that you can carry out his plan. That's why many a times you can just be led to do certain things, go to certain places. I never imagined I would be in Rochester, New York in my life. But my plan was interrupted. I believe God interrupted my plan. But here I am. And God's will will be done. Hallelujah. God's will will be done. God's will will be done. So, he has shown us his love by sending Jesus to die for us. He has shown us his love by sending Jesus to die for us. So, look at 2 Peter 
Second Peter 1 verse 4. Who is there? Second Peter 1 verse 4. Let's read it together. Second Peter 1 verse 4. Who is there? Let's go. Whereby ye are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, and that by ye may be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped. So you and I have escaped it. Hallelujah. We've escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. We've escaped it. Glory to God. So you dwell in his presence. You walk daily in the knowledge of the world. You bask in the richness of his love. So God expects you to share this with others who have not. God expects you to share this with others. So you are to love as Christ has loved you. This simply means you are to do much and tell much and share about what Christ has done for you. You are to share what Christ has done for you with people. You are to preach the gospel to people. God wants you to be aware and conscious of his thoughts. God wants you to be aware and conscious of his thoughts. God wants you to be conscious of his thoughts to the unsaved one. He wants you to be devoted in carrying them out. That's God's plan for your life. I'm teaching you in this meeting God's plan for your life. I pray you, you don't miss it. Are you getting what I'm saying? I pray you don't miss it. God's plan for your life. Second, 1 Timothy 2 verse 4. I want you to read this loud and clear. 1 Timothy 2 verse 4. Look at what Paul wrote to Timothy. He was telling Timothy God's desire. Look at it. 1 Timothy 2 verse 4. Are you there? I'll wait for everybody. 1 Timothy 2 verse 4. I'll give you a second. 1 Timothy 2 verse 4. Alright, let's go. One, two, ready, go. So can we say this is Habakkuk 2 verse 14 again? God's plan for the earth. So it's not just saved. It's not just that they are saved though. It's that they will also grow. So it's not just, oh, that they are saved. It says that all men will come to the knowledge of the truth. So it's not just, oh, I believe. Oh, have you believed? That's all. No. It's so that they will also come to the knowledge of the truth. They will understand what God's plan is. So you know, when they are saved, you know, when a believer is saved, just like you and I is, you may not even know why you are saved. You will have to be taught what happens to you. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, after the believer is saved, he, there is necessity to teach him that this is God's plan for his life. Are you getting what I'm saying? There's necessity to teach him that, that this is God's plan for his life. So, you therefore have the responsibility to go into the world and publicly preach the gospel, publicly declare the good news. Mark 16, verse 15, he said to them, go into the world and preach, the, preach and publicly open the good news to every creation. That's in the Amplified Version. To publicly preach it. The scripture understood it and said that's the great commission. That includes you because you are also a disciple of Jesus. Having believed the death, the burial, and the resurrection, you have automatically become the disciple of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, um, If any man be in Christ, is a new creature, all things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 
It says in verse 18, and all things have become, in other things, that all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So that means there were 11, there were 11 apostles, or probably 12, because 12, but 11, because Judas left. And they spoke this word at various times to them. So that's why you see in Acts 5 verse 14. Acts 5 verse 14. Let's go there. Acts 5 verse 14. See something. Let's look at the church now. Acts 5 verse 14. I want you to be very, very, very fast. I want us to, we have a couple of things to do today. Acts 5 verse 14. It says, and the believers were more added to the Lord, multitudes, both men and women. At 8 verse 4, therefore they were scattered abroad and went everywhere doing what? Oh, you are not there. Hey, look at believers in Christ. Look at preachers of the gospel. They don't know how to, preachers of the gospel that don't know how to open the Bible on time. At 8 verse 4, they, went, they scattered abroad and went everywhere preaching where? Look at Acts 8 verse 35. Look at it. Verse 35 of that same Act 8. Then Philip no, no, don't worry. I will read it myself. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him what? Jesus. And they went on their certain way and came into a certain water. The Enoch said, See the water and do baptize me. And Philip said, If thou would believe with thy heart, that man said, and he answered and said, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I, I, would for, I would that that will happen much more in our cities. At 5 verse 15. At 5 verse 15. At 5 verse 15. It says, In so much that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, and the least that shadows Peter, passing by may overshadow them. Hiya. That's power. Someone say power. Ah, we're going to study this in the night. We're going to study this in the night. You want to know about the power of God? We're going to study this in the night. Glory to God. We're going to have great times with God this night. Glory to God. Power. Somebody say power. In so much that they brought forth the sick into the street and laid them on the bed and couches. That at least, you don't understand. Is the, the, the emphasis of the at least for me in that place. It is not so that Peter's shadow will pass. He said at least. So probably maybe a tip of his shadow will do something. What's your own shadow doing? Your own shadow is scaring you. <laughs> you are seeing your shadow. Hey, Jesus. <laughs> Somebody's shadow is healing the sick. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> Look at the verse 16. It says, There came a multitude about the cities round about Jerusalem, bringing sick folk, and them which were versed with unclean spirits, and they were healed one by one. Now they eat everyone. And in verse 17, and the high priest rose up, and the south and the sect of the and the set of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation. So look at in Act 9 also. Look at Act 9, verse 17. Act 9, verse 17. If you read Act 9, verse 17, uh, it's a long read, but let's let's look at certain places. Act 9, verse 17. I will read um I'll, I'll read certain text there. 
Mm, let's see what we can do with at nine. All right. So for Aeneas went his way and the son putting putting on his hands and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way, as thou camest unto me, that thy may receive his size and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his size, as it were, scales, and received forthwith and arose and was baptized. And he received meat and saw, and saw certain things. And when, then when saw certain things with the disciples were at Damascus, and straight away he preached Christ in the synagogue. Somebody that just got saved, he was already preaching. That's to tell you the urgency. He just got saved. After three days, after he was saved, he was already in the synagogue. The same synagogue he wanted to go and persecute Christians. He came to their front. Hallelujah. How about that? I trust God that many ardent atheists will come to God. Agnostics, they are coming back. In the name of Jesus. Because many of these people, they started in church. But just something just happened along the way and some things were perverted and but they are coming back. He just was got, he just got saved, and the next thing is he went to, to start preaching immediately. How about that? So that's to tell you. Uh, so I'll just keep saying things. Look at in verse um, let's see verse 32. Let's see, there's a woman there that, that we see, we see power too also here. It says, And it came to pass, Peter passed through all the quarters that came down to the saints which dwell at Lydia. And he found a certain man called Aeneas. Oh, I don't know how to spell, I don't know how to pronounce this, or Aeneas. And he kept the bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. And Peter said unto him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Arise, make thy bed. And he arose immediately. Hiya. Say power. You're not saying it. And all that dwelt in Lydia and Sharon saw him and thought to the Lord. And there was, his, as he, there was a job by a certain disciple named Tabitha, which were by interpretation called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and her mist and arm did, and she did. And it came in certain days when she was sick and died, whom they laid at the chambers and the leader in the upper chambers. For as much as Lydia was nigh to Joppa, and disciples heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men, designed that he would not delay to come. When Peter went, so you see, they, they knew that he had something. So they called him, We are come, 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 come. Come and do this. Ah, yeah. We are in those days. Glory to God. At 11 verse 15, let me stop in that place. We'll, we'll, we'll continue in that place in the night. At 11 verse 15. And, I began, and as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them, as on us in the beginning. Hi-yah. So that shows when we speak and we preach the gospel, things can happen to people. He says, as I began to speak. How about when you begin to, when you began to speak in, in Walmart? The Holy Ghost falling on all of them. They are having encounters with God, right? Like Moses, right? In the burning bush. Like Abraham, right? They are having their own encounters. Are you seeing it? Acts 14, verse 3. It says, long time, therefore, Habode is speaking in the Lord, speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word and grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Hiya. That's the ministry of Jesus. The ministry of Jesus is full of signs and wonders. I think I'm entering my tonight's sermon gradually, but don't worry. 
signs and wonders. The ministry, you cannot preach the gospel without signs and wonders. People will not take you seriously. Signs and wonders. That's the only comedy we have. Power is our own drama. You don't get it? Power is our own comedy. Power is our own entertainment. They should be sending... You know, imagine you're in a school and everybody knows you that, ah, if you foresee, if anybody foresee, go and call that sister. That sister will do something. Hiya. That's our own comedy. That's our own innovation. That's our own power of God. So all those people that are trying to do drama, comedy, acquire to refire, to desire, to retire, and to refire, and to go to empire, is because they do have power. This thing called gospel. Ah. Bible says in Romans 1 verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation. Hallelujah. You can't preach the gospel without power. We'll study this in the night. Mark 16 verse 20, And they went forth everywhere, preaching the gospel, preaching, and the Lord was with them, confirming the word with signs following. Signs following. Confirming the word with signs following. So you know the message, right? Do you know the message? Do you know the message? Are you sure? Are you sure you really know the message? So today, the disciples of Jesus are expected to preach the gospel. We are expected to go into all the world and preach the gospel to everyone. We are expected to preach the gospel to every creature. We are expected to preach to everyone. Brother, what's wrong? Ah, you're on earpiece ah, ah, in service. You're on earphones in service. Are you sure? Is everything okay? You good? You sure? Let's see your face. You good? What's your name? Hmm? Oh. All right. So we, we, we are called to preach the gospel. We are called to preach the gospel. So as the disciples of Jesus, he expects nothing less from us. Jesus told us to go into the world. Jesus told us to go into the old world. The old world. God wants to use you to go into the world. So like I told you yesterday, I said, can God do it himself? He can, right? But he has chosen not to. Can there be a time where God will just blow a trumpet and say, Brethren, oh yeah, I'm tired. I'm tired of all of you. Oh yeah, all of you just hear the gospel now. Boom. And be saved. Is there going to be a time like that? It can never happen. It's only, it's only a comedy skit. <laughs> it can never, never happen. Are you getting me? He has chosen to use men. And that's you and I. So when you read the Bible today, you are only reading the men who God has used. That is all that is filled with the Bible. Do you notice, from Genesis to Revelation, we are reading the stories of men. Genesis, we started reading Moses, Abraham, Isaac, all of this. Something begat this, something begat this. What concerns us with who is begatting what? <laughs> but do you know why that is begatting there? Is to let us know that God used men. God worked with men. 
How about in the next one million years? People are still talking about your impact. Glory to God. So, going to the world remains an evergreen instruction. This means to go out to where sinners are. So, it is not necessarily to travel out of your country, your state, or locality. No. But the place you are in, God wants to use you in that place. He wants to use you in that place. Around you, everywhere around you, you have unbelievers. That person around you, he wants you, he wants to, it is you. The reason why you are there, why you go save and you are in where you are. Let's say you are in an hostel or, and people around you is not saved. The reason why you are in that hostel is to get all of them in that hostel saved. Let's say you are in a place of work and all of them are not saved in your place of work. The reason why you are in that place is so that everybody in that your place of work will be saved. The reason why you are in this school, whatever school you are in, is the, the reason why you are there. Is so that everybody in that place. So, let me tell you something. Some of the questions that the Lord will ask us on the last days. The school you went to, how many people did you preach today? The job you did, that you prayed to me to give you. <laughs> what did you who did you talk to there? <laughs> See, Wallahi, you'll be Jojo. What do you say? Father, ah, Father, Father. Just, just give me this ambition. Father. And you now got the ambition. You backslide. <laughs> He's going to question you. What? Because the reason why you are saying that you're a Christian and you're even born inside a Christian family is so that the secondary school you went to, the high school, sorry, you went to, or the elementary school you will go to, you will have started preaching the gospel. That's the reason. That's the only plan that God has for your life. God, see, I know you want to be an aeronautic engineer. I know. I know you want to be a space, you want to go to travel to space. I know. You can do all of those things. But see, if you did not fulfill God's plan, you are as useless as anything. This is exactly why you were born. <laughs> Are you getting me? So why will you make money? You will make money so that you will not be, you will not be hungry. So when you are preaching people, they will not be the one ministering to you. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? So when you are preaching somebody, they will say, ah, you seem hungry. Take. <laughs> you take. <laughs> So are you getting what I'm saying? So that's why you eat and you get yourself nourished. Are you getting me? So you will not be the one that is lost, that needs to be ministered to. <laughs> why will you make money? You make money to, to cater for your needs and also for the cause of the gospel. Hallelujah. This year now, 2022, how many of you have given, let's say, $100 for the gospel? $100. I say, eh? after if I pay all my B, oh, the next one is for enjoyment. <laughs> 2022, why do you think God gave you that money? You think it's for paying bills alone? Yes, you will pay the bills so you will not be homeless. <laughs> Our lowest person will not be encouraged to preach the gospel. <laughs> you pay the bill, oh. <laughs> are you getting it? But it's not the money that is for enjoyment. 
That's why receivers do. Many people are always in debt. They always have a problem, one problem or the other. Because they don't, they don't know how to use their finances well. You cannot use your finances for the gospel and not expect to, to go, for God to prosper you. I've known these things since when I was in high school. Since when I was in high school, I, there's certain money I keep for God. Because I noticed that, no, I can't teach this doctrinally. But I noticed that it's as though if I did not give God part of my money, the money will just go. Boom. You just know that, ah, you know what, where did this money go? Ah, you not be calculating. I spent this or this, ah, and everything has disappeared. I don't know if that is to happen to you. You cannot be sincere. I don't know if that is to happen to you. That was, that is, I, I learned this thing for personal experience. So nobody teaches me to give. So as I have money like this, I'm thinking of, oh yeah, what's the next thing to give for? What's the next thing to give for? If you, even if somebody give me money like this, I must slash the money to up. I must give. All my money is just, as money is coming to my hand, it's going. Why lie? Because <laughs> I know the or else I will not be able to account for it. I don't, I don't, wait. It might not be like that for many people. I'm telling you a personal, personal experience. Maybe it has happened to you. But the reason why is as though you cannot save money, you cannot keep money so much, there is so much there. Try, try, just try this after this meeting. Every money, every money you make, allocate certain portion. This is not tight and all of that. I'm not, I don't teach all of those, uh, God will curse you or God will uh, do something to you if you not pay tight. No, God does not do anything like that. Now, just allocate certain money for the cause of the gospel. For because you believe in God's plan, just allocate it. That you believe in this thing, you want the word of God to spread. You want this thing. Well, lie, you will see that your money, your finances will balance. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you. I don't know why I said it. That's not part of what I want to say. It can bless you. I don't know why I said that. I don't know why I actually talk. It's not part of my my sermon. But I but I believe that will bless. Did that bless somebody? Mm, yeah, just just use your money well. Put put certain money. I know you want to pay your bills. You have everything. You have planned everything. But your next amount, just put certain one aside for the gospel, and you see that ah, things will change. Because you see, eh, the reason why we have this money is actually to further this cause. You know, if we have money, eh, there's so many things we will do. My head now, I'm thinking of how we want to enter Mexico. That's what is in my head. I will translate most of our materials to Spanish. I will start sending materials free of charge to Mexico. That's what is on my mind. You know, if we have money now, it will not be difficult. Many people will receive the gospel in Mexico. In my head now, what I want to do is, we want to start having newsletters, strengthening our materials around the country. Are you getting free of charge? We are going to write more materials, more books. We'll just be sending it free. Free. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that more men will catch the gospel. And it's going to happen. And you know what? Men of the gospel are never stranded. It's not possible. Men that preach the gospel, they are never stranded. God always comes through. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses. Are you seeing? Are you, look, go and, when you get on, go and read those people. Go and read their story. And see the riches of, even Elijah. Go and read their stories. And see how God came through for men. Are you getting me, guys? Because that is why you, born, you are called. That's why you are born. That is why you were born. So I don't know why I said that, but I, I trust that, that blessed somebody. Because I did not plan to talk about money in this meeting. So that's, that's strange. But I know, if, if you just, if you, if you can, the reason why it seems as though you don't have, it's as though, 
money just leaves your hand anyhow, nothing, you cannot really account for money, this and that. See, try what I'm telling you. Put substantial amount to the gospel. See, eh? things will come your way. Even money that, even people will supernaturally bless you. I'm not joking. God does not leave his own stranded. Are you hearing me, guys? Are you hearing me? God does not leave his own stranded. It's not possible. He's not. So, that bless somebody. All right. So, so we, we wait. So, a lot of people, so, stop waiting for sinners to come to you. It's not possible. God has sent us to them. So, say, ah, I'm just in my own. No, Dave, nobody has come to me. <laughs> nobody has come to me, so I don't know what to do. No, you know what to do. So, stop waiting for sinners to come to you. The instruction is to go. And there is no end to the going. So we are just to keep going and keep going and keep going. So you always just to be going and going and going. So the instruction is to go, search them out, go into villages, go into every nooks and crannies and preach the gospel. So many believers, a lot of believers waste a lot of precious time trying to get out of their country ah, until I leave Rochester before I preach gospel. No. Are you getting what I'm saying? No. You start around you, your apartment the Walmart around you, the Kroger around you, the Wegmans around you, the uh, Thageth around you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Everywhere around you. Just go. To stop somebody. That's you stopping somebody. Eh? It is God wanting to have an encounter with the person. I explained that to you yesterday. Did you get that yesterday? That God is trying to have an encounter with the person. So if an unbeliever say they've not seen God, they are lying. Because when you stop them, that is them having God's encounter. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing that? Exactly. So too many believers waste a lot of precious time trying to live where they are to preach the gospel. No. Our environment, our immediate environment is where we will start to fulfill God's assignment for our lives. So if you believe that God has sent us to the unbelieving ones, you know you have them around you, right? You have them in your workplace, right? When you go to the mall to shop, you have them around you. When you go to school, you have them around you. You have them in every nooks and crownies. When you go and watch a movie, instead of, instead of watching just a movie, you can quickly talk to one or two people, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with going to cinemas, right? But when you're going to cinema, it's an opportunity to also share with somebody. I remember I have a pastor friend. Some of you know him. There is nowhere we go in this world. The man must stop somebody. He, he even got irritated one day. We were going to an hotel, I think that was last year, we went to Missouri to preach. And we were tired, we drove. So, I, man of God, let's go and check in. He said, say, hold on, say, hold on. He said, he was preaching to the person as if he wanted to cry. Ah! He said, don't worry, let me... So, when he now noticed that we were waiting, because we were like two, three, waiting. So, I said, let, let me quickly go and drop my bag inside the room and we'll come back and continue our conversation <laughs> before he came back because i had to something in my answer i should just follow him so i said because i needed to ah, you can't be a believer and and see something like that and say you go and sleep so me too i followed him by the time i got there the person has disappeared <laughs> so the next morning we're not asking what there was a sister in this place yesterday I think they said the person ran away or the person just 
called off work or something <laughs> after hearing the gospel, you know. So, but we need to preach the gospel everywhere. We now go to a store we, we, because I, I went to Nigeria to preach for to to preach in his church um, earlier this year, and we were going to we we're going to a supermarket and. Man of God, we just want to buy juice. Juice. And he just saw his sister trying to buy juice too. He just said, hi, sister. I said, ah. I, I just looked back like, who is today? Hi, sister. He said, hi, sister. Have you believed the gospel? You know how he talks that? Have you believed the gospel? You know, Jesus died for you. I said, hey. oh, it's juice, juice, juice. I mean, I was so thirsty that day. Juice. Can we just buy juice? Let's drink it first. Let's go and pay at the counter. You can't come back. But that taught me a lesson. You can preach to everybody around you. So, in fact, even his church members know. They say, I don't like to follow pastor out too. They say, if I follow pastor, ah, pastor will just be preaching to people around. Say, ah, well, let me stay out. So, if pastor, say, if pastor is going and I say, will you follow me? They say, ah, so some of the church members that live here say, pastor, no, don't worry, don't, I'm, I'm okay at all. <laughs> it's not as if they don't wish to go, but they know that when they go, they will not get to their destination on time <laughs> because their pastor will only stop somebody to preach. But that is the great commission. That is him acting on God's word. Are you seeing it? We have to be like that. That your friends know you. That everywhere ah, you are preaching. Everywhere. You are just bothered about the unsaved. So, we commute. So, as we meet them and we commute to school, work, marketplaces, sometimes even on our way to church, maybe on a Sunday, you can see somebody around you. You can preach to the person and say, ah, follow me or let's go. You know, I remember when we were younger, one of the ways they trained us in ministry then, certain Sunday service, they would just say, you just come to church, you will not know what's going on. You just see that everybody is packing their Bibles to enter a bus. Ah, uh-uh. You just come, what's going on? You just ask your friend, what's going on? Today is Evangelism Sunday. Ah, what is Evangelism? So the first day it happened, I said, what's Evangelism Sunday? They said they are child taking us somewhere to go and preach. Ah. And we're very young. So in our mind, we saw it as a road cruise. That, ah, well, we are not having service this Sunday. We're going to do road cruise. It wasn't road cruise, so when they just left us, they said, that street, you must preach to someone. And that street is very silent. They said, we don't know where you produce this soul, but you must, <laughs> you must preach and come and submit reports <laughs> that you are preached to someone. Ha. So we first sat down. Me and my friends, we first sat down somewhere and said, ah, well, Sunday service like this has gone. So they don't say, Ayo, Soji, what are you doing there? They say, no, we do not see this soul. <laughs> they say, hey, you go to another place. I remember another meeting too. We went to preach somewhere. Another time, this one is not Sunday now. They sent us to go and preach. So we went to somebody's house. We were eating corn. They say, ah. So the person was, he said, what he wants to preach? The person was preaching to us, so we just sat down. So the person just gave us corn. We just, eh? Wow. So it's, it's not as if we were happy. We were just eating the corn. We we're very serious. We were just eating the corn. Wow. Ah uh-uh. ah. Wow. Oh, more. The slap they gave us that day. That's the day you know. <laughs> you know, but uh, you just have to preach to people. Are you getting what I'm saying? Preach to people. So the gospel has been committed to our trust. See, the gospel has been committed to my trust. See, you know something? God trusts you. That's why he gives you, gave you the message. You know the funniest thing? Even you, you don't even trust yourself. Abby, some of you don't even trust yourself. But God trusts you. That's why he gave you his spirit. 
You know the funniest thing? He didn't wait. Let me tell you something. God didn't wait. That's it. The day you, the day you got saved like this, the next two weeks or the next one month, he will not give you his spirit. No, he happened that very minute. That is God trusting you to carry out his work. So immediately he gave you the spirit. The spirit is for preaching. It's so that he will partner with you. He didn't wait. He didn't say, let me be checking this one. Let me be, let us, let us still be entering. Uh, let us, let me see friends on you small before I, we move to the next phase. You know, let me still keep you in check and just be watching you. God did not do that with us. Are you getting what I'm saying? He gave us a spirit to preach the gospel. So you have to undo it like you are the only one God has sent. You have to handle the message of, the, of Christ like you are the only one God has sent. Because you are carrying out his assignment, right? Sometimes even on our churches, you will meet other people doing the same thing. You just, if our people are, you just shake them and say, ah, ah, we are in the same army. Glory to God. We are in the same army. We are declaring the kingdom. God has depended on us to spread the message. I don't know about you, but I want God to depend on me more. How about that? God trusting and saying, if, if he wants to get a word done in your school, he knows who to call. He will, just, he will just give you the signal in your spirit. How about that? You know why some of you cannot catch signals of certain things? It's because God does not trust you enough. Or sometimes he has prompted certain things in your spirit. You have rejected it. You just told yourself, mm, I beg, Joe, let me sleep. Or something was impressive, you had to pray. You say, let me quickly watch the next, the next episode. And the next episode turned to 10 episodes. <laughs> let me quickly watch the And you know, you know in your heart that you are supposed to pray. Are you getting what I'm saying? God can depend on us. So can God depend on you? That's the question. Can God depend on you? Some believers preach the gospel, but they are not committed to it. Some believers preach the gospel, but they are not committed to it. So, I want you to preach the gospel and be committed to what you are preaching. Preach the gospel and be committed to what you are preaching. So, a lot of people give up on sinners too easily. And all that is needed to get him saved is just a few more persistence. Some of you say, don't let us disturb being. Don't let us disturb being. Just, but see, so, some things that are needed is just some few more persistence. Sometimes you can just press more and say, ah, ah, brother, come back. Bros, come, bros, come, bros, come. Come back. Ah, 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 ah. You know, there's sometimes things that some people just need some persistence. There's, there's a guy, I preach, I've been preaching to the guy since, I think, February or March. And it was last week, the guy just told me, I believe the story. Since February. He said, ah, I believe this story. He said, if you can convince me, there's nobody you cannot convince in this world. That's what he told me. He said, now I believe this story. He said, Jesus died. Jesus was buried. He said, Chinese guy and all of those things. They, they are one of those people who did not have access to the Bibles and all of those things in, in, uh, in their country. I preached to him, and I've been talking to him since, I think, February or March. He just believed in October. Sometimes we just need to persist more. Are you getting what I'm saying? Sometimes you just have to. Do you know how many times God came to Moses to talk to Moses? 
To the point that God even told him, I will give you Aaron. Aaron, your brother, will go with you. He will speak with you. Have you seen how God did it for Moses? Are you guys seeing it? He told he will give him Aaron and say, your brother will follow you. Because Moses did not want to go. God kept persisting with him. That's to tell you, God is long-suffering. God can endure with man. So if you are saved today, some of you say you are still struggling. And say, ah, oh, me, all this one, they are doing gospel. Me, I don't want to preach. Oh, this or that. God is still persisting with you. By the power of God, you will preach. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting me? So God is persisting with you. So sometimes your persistence can be coupled with prayers. You were praying because you are concerned about it. And I trust God as we have prayed this morning, we are going to reap a lot of men saved, pockets of men in strange places. And you know the cities are opening to us. Strange cities. Syracuse is opening. Buffalo is opening. We are receiving men in those places by the power of God. More cities are opening. More cities around New York are opening to us. Yes. The doors are opening. You know, it seems as though there is something at the back, something blocking it, but that wall has come down. Thank you, Jesus. You know, Bloomington, Jehob. Jehob for the harvest of so many people. You just have to persist more. So you start with your friends, and from your friends, you will go into those who are not your friends, and you will reap a lot. And a whole lot. Because God wants to use a lot of men in those places. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We honor you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's be seated. Sit down as a round of this session. So you must be committed to it, right? You must persist more. So don't give up on a sinner too easily. Say, I don't give up too easily. Don't give up too easily. So you may take take some few more prayers, a few more persistence, some few more supplication, few more visits, visiting the person often, texting the person often. You are not disturbing the person. God is having an encounter with the person. Are you getting what I'm saying? Few more visits, few more conversations. Just be talking. Because your persistence coupled with prayers will cause the importance of your message to dawn on you. So, and that way you would have gotten the job done. Look at 1 Corinthians 9 verse 16. Look at what Paul said. And I want us to read it together as we close this session. 1 Corinthians 9 verse 16. 1 Corinthians 9 verse 16. 1 Corinthians 9 verse 16. Are you there? All right, let's read it one, two, ready, go. So Paul said, woe unto me. Woe means cost is me if I preach not the gospel. I believe. A believer who doesn't preach. <laughs> woe is the person who. Don't let me use the normal English word. <laughs> Who is the person? No. Because you know what? You are simply not being a good child of the kingdom. 
Are you seeing it? Are you seeing it? Are you seeing it in the scripture? Paul said, woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. So that means that you should not go on without a sense of remorse. You, or you should not go on if you don't have a sense of remorse for this responsibility. You should repent and be determined to do what is right. So repent just simply means to take your mind off one thing and absolutely fix it on another thing. So you must be determined to do what is right because the message of Christ must be what? Must be preached. Hallelujah. How about praying for yourself today and telling yourself and just praying for yourself and saying, Lord, help me. Help me with this, your plan and purpose for my life. Help me to fulfill this plan. Help me to fulfill your purpose. Help me to carry out this assignment that you are giving to me. Help me and help me. Help me and help me. Help me too to carry out this. That I don't shoulder in my responsibility. I fulfill your plan and your purpose for my life. You don't give up easily. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Alright, share with your neighbor quickly what you've learned in this section. Share with your neighbor very quickly. Let's do that under five minutes. <laughs>